Hello everyone, welcome to Moon Mondays. I'm your Monday host, Grace, for Star Guide, your map to the universe. Today, we will be discussing another type of moon, the type you wouldn't expect, because let's be real, when we think of moons, we think of objects orbiting planets. But what if I told you that this wasn't always the case? In fact, there are many moons that orbit other objects in the solar system. What objects are these? Well, the objects we'll be talking about today are asteroids. Now, moons around asteroids are pretty rare. And when we think about asteroids and moons, we think of asteroids as the moons. For example, if you take a look at Mars, Phobos and Deimos are both thought to be captured asteroids. So they're more thought of as the moons and not having moons. And they can be pretty rare, at least discovering them is. In our solar system, there are 1,301,271 asteroids cataloged in our system. Only a little over 150 of these asteroids have a moon discovered or orbiting around it. This is only 0.011% of the asteroid population. But they do occur, and they are important. And once again, like last week, calling them moons may be slightly misleading. Their technical term is minor planet moon. But I don't call moons around planets planet moons. So asteroids will not be discriminated against. So we're calling them moons for the purpose of this episode. The first of these moons was discovered in 1993. The Galileo mission, which was a mission that was sent in order to study Jupiter, was on its way over when it came across an asteroid that seemed to have a smaller object orbiting it. The larger asteroid was named Ida, after the nymph who cared for the baby infant Zeus in Greek mythology. The smaller one was named Dactyl, after mythological creatures that lived on Mount Ida in Crete. This was aptly named because Dactyl orbits and lives with Ida. Since this time, we've discovered quite a few asteroids that have moons, but not all that much in the grim scheme of things. Well, why is this? It's complicated. It's not like these are not common. In a vacuum, stuff finds each other and orbits each other. It's not rocket science. Unless you're trying to guide your rocket to a planet and trying to get it to orbit the planet, then it is rocket science. Actually, all of this is rocket science. It's really complicated, but it's not uncommon. Remember the 0.011% number? Well, if we move to the asteroids that are close to Earth, that number actually goes up to something like 15%. This difference between values of 0.011% and 15% actually is a really important concept in science and astronomy, especially when you're trying to do research online or something like that. The data and the numbers can get really, really skewed. And so chances are, when we're looking at asteroids that are close to us, that it that the number is around 15%, that number is probably like that throughout the whole asteroid belt. It's just we don't really know it because we can't really see it. So the further out it gets, we can't see the moons that are orbiting around the asteroids, which makes looking at these asteroids very difficult. So if you're online looking at astronomy or science or honestly, even charts or graphs for political campaigns or anything like that where people have the chance to skew the numbers 
you have to know how to read your graphs and you have to know where biases can be. And it's something when you're doing your own research, it's something that you need to make sure that you also don't have in your data. It's something that I need to look at. Like when I was first looking at this, I'm like 0.011%. That doesn't really make all that much sense. 15% sounded a lot more accurate. So I had to edit the script and make sure that I included that so that you guys would know that 15% is a much more accurate number. So any of you who love science and astronomy as much as I do, and if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you do, make sure that your sources aren't misleading. And this concludes my random public service announcement. Anyways, now that we know that something like 15% of the asteroids close to Earth have moons, we could make the assumption that many of them exist. But why should we care? Who cares if a rock orbits another rock? These ones probably couldn't hold life, but could they save the life of us Earthlings? Well, one use can be found in a mission from NASA that you may have heard of called the DART mission, or the Double Asteroid Redirection Test. This was a super cool mission, and here's how it worked. NASA pretty much took a rocket, sent it up into space, and just crashed it into a moon of an asteroid called Didymos. The moon was called Dimorphos. So why spend a whopping $325 million to crash a rocket into a moon of an asteroid? Well, if an extremely large asteroid were to head towards Earth, we aren't going to throw our hands up, right? This isn't the Netflix movie Don't Look Up. So what do we do instead? Well, we try to knock that asteroid off course. Well, that's exactly what NASA is trying to do. So to visualize this mission, here's a bit of an analogy. Imagine it's a super hot day and a nice cold slushy would really hit the spot. And you see one just around 50 yards away. It's so close you can taste it. And it's so close you can see your name is written on it. And it's pulling you towards it. And as you get closer, you start to run to that life-saving slushy. But then your worst enemy sees you about to be happy with your slushy, and they aren't taking any of that. So they start running towards you and push you to the ground. They have changed your trajectory from the slushy towards the ground. The asteroid in this analogy is you. The earth is the slushy, and the rocket is your worst enemy, and the ground is literally anywhere else other than the earth. So wait, does this mean that Didymos was going to hit earth? Were we all in like mortal danger? Why weren't more alarm bells going off? Well, actually, it was never going to hit Earth. DART was more of a demonstration that we are safe for the foreseeable future on this topic. Of course, this isn't to say that we are completely safe from killer asteroids. There have actually been a lot of cases where an asteroid that was blocked out by the light of the sun comes out of nowhere and almost hit us. Astronomers that work on this actually say that they probably should have known, so it's a little terrifying. But we're not going to talk about that right now. Instead, let's ask a different question. Why hit the moon of an asteroid instead of the asteroid directly? Well, in the original plans of a precursor mission, similar to DART, they were planning on hitting the asteroid with a rocket that would separate it into two parts on the way to the asteroid. One would actually hit the rocket while the other would collect data. The mission was turned down. DART came about when they suggested a different approach hit the moon of an asteroid, and then use the asteroid as a reference point to collect data. By tracking the changes of the orbit of the moon relative to the asteroid, 
We can collect data on if the mission was successful or not. In my opinion, this is super cool. And to a degree, it's practical. There are only five known mass extinctions recorded in all of history. Six if you count the one that we're potentially in right now. And one of these was caused by an asteroid. So that the fact that the moon of an asteroid proves that this doesn't have to be as much of a concern in the future is amazing. And it makes me wonder about the other things out there that exist that follow the definitions that we give them, but don't follow the definitions as we imagine them to be. Language is powerful, and the definition of a word doesn't matter so much as what we think when we think of the word. The word planet is a great example. A lot of people think of Pluto when they think of the word planet because that's the meaning they gave it. The definition, however, took it out of the pantheon of planets in our solar system because it doesn't clear its orbital field. And I'm sure there will be many more cases like this in astronomy in the coming years, which will be very exciting. And if you're looking out for the out-of-the-ordinary circumstances, please tune into next week when we take a look at one of the weirder moons in our solar system, Uranus's moon Miranda. And until then, I hope you have an out-of-this-world week, and I wish you clear skies. Thank you so much for listening to Star Guide, your map to the universe.